Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Remember to visit our website at www.revivalministry.co.za where you can sign up to receive more of these powerful messages. All right, ready, ready. Are we ready for? I know we've had a lot that's going on this morning. Um, Lord gave me a word, so you've got to leave me some time. <laughs> I read a drummer's joke. I thought I must share that with you guys, just to start off. Can I see any drummers in the house? Any drummers? Anyone in music? Here we go. All right, you guys have. I thought it was just funny. Let's just give you some, some insights. Guy says, I was pushing my three-year-old around the supermarket, and she was laughing, and this sweet old lady said, Oh, a child laughing is the most wonderful sound. The drummer said, oh, You've clearly never heard Benny Greb's floor tom. Okay, there we go. A floor tom is a drum. That dum-dum. There we go. So... Got to be a drummer. Drummer isn't just someone that hangs out with musicians. Apparently drummers are the most intelligent people on the planet. Clearly, if you were a drummer, you would have laughed louder than that. (laughs) Alrighty. Okay, okay, thank you. (laughs) <laughs> All right. A lot to share. Are you guys okay? Yeah. If you want to go home early, I won't judge you. I was um, just learning to preach, and uh, I was preaching at, at a church in Cape Town, and already you're so nervous. You're like, yo, I'm nervous right now. And you feel so like everyone's judging you, you know. I don't know if anyone's been in that. We've got to speak in front of people. And you just feel like everyone's judging you. So right at my most, like, critical point, this guy at the back gets up and walks out. And, like, my whole sermon just goes out of my head. It's like, oh. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I'm like, and, and I'm just like, the end. And thank you, Jesus, for being here. <laughs> and, like... <laughs> and um, the next week that guy was at church and I was like avoiding him you know you're like this guy doesn't like me and he comes to me he says listen I last week you just hit me so hard sermon was so powerful and I, I couldn't wait to hear the rest of it but I was preaching because the pastor was away so he's like, but the pastor asked me to fetch him at the airport, and I literally hung on to the last moment and then left to go do that. And there you stand, and you're like, <laughs> just, just blown. So, so special, actually. Okay, God's glory. I, I just felt to speak about God's glory today. We've been speaking about, um, um, I put my hand in my pocket, and there was something sticky in there. Like, where's that from? And... <laughs> Okay, so, <laughs> so, so I really felt we, just, we spoke about praise, and, and then we spoke about bringing an offering, and, and then I felt God say he wants to just speak about, about his glory and, and what his glory is. I, I was doodling in my journal, and I, and I wrote, God, will you declare your glory? 
and I thought, well, I probably wrote that without really thinking. And then God was like, no, I, I really want, it's okay, Stephen's got a baby. He can go to the back. Okay. So, so God, God is like, I want you to speak about my glory. And, and I want you to, to, to be cognizant, aware of my glory on, on your life and on each person in the room. And, and so just worship, just leading up to this, it's really just all about the glory of God. And, and it's really all about God's glory. Um, God's glory unlocks amazing things in our lives, especially when we step into our daily pursuits, pursuing, pursuing God's glory in every area of our lives. And, and so that's really what I'm speaking about today is the pursuit of God's glory in every area of our lives. How many of you believe you can experience God's glory? Okay, how many of you really enjoyed worship and, and the ministry and, and just the presence? Okay, how many of you believe you can have that experience in every one of your activities throughout the week as God's glory comes and rests on your activities through what you're doing? That, that's kind of like the, that, that, I, that I'm speaking about. Um, in Jeremiah 1, let's go to Jeremiah. In the Cape, it's Jeremiah. Okay. So. <laughs> okay. That was a joke for normal people. Okay. <laughs> How many of you have read this before? Before I formed you in the womb, I knew and approved of you. I separated you and set you apart, consecrating you as a prophet to the nations. That's Jeremiah 1 verse 5. But listen... God didn't say that to be nice to him. God said that because he gave Jeremiah an almost impossible mission. Jeremiah had to go and speak to everyone and tell everyone they're on the wrong track. If it was today, he was speaking to every popular church leader now, now, yeah, I mean, now, I'm not saying every popular church leader is on the wrong. Listen, I'm, I'm bringing it into context. Okay? So, I'm bringing it into context. If it was now, 2022, and there was someone called Jeremiah, he was given the mission to go and speak against every popular speaker, every government leader, every popular opinion, every tradition, Every habit, every train of thought, God says, go and tell them all they're on the wrong track. Before I formed you, <laughs> I approved of you. And Jeremiah's like, <laughs> you know that he spent 40 years doing that and he didn't change anyone's mind? And then he was taken captive to Egypt by the very people, by a Babylonian. Jeremiah was not successful in his 
ministry on the outside. Today we read his words, so yes, God had his absolute glory on his life. But if I was looking at ministry in how we judge, I, you know how I judge ministry? I go, people's lives change through my preaching. Jeremiah preached for 40 years and no one's life changed. Was it Jeremiah's fault? No. No one was listening. No one wanted to listen. No one wanted to hear. God says, don't say, I am only a youth, for you will go to who I send you, and you will say what I speak. He has a note for pastors, don't be afraid of their faces. <laughs> for I'm with you to deliver you from your sermon that no one's hearing says the Lord. Jeremiah had to come against everything that they were practicing. Why? Verse Jeremiah 2. Mom, I don't think you know how on point you were with your, with your prophetic word about prof, prophet. Listen to these words in Jeremiah. Has a nation changed its gods? Yet they have, even though they are not gods. Uh, 2 verse 11. But my people have changed, have swapped out their glory for that which does not profit. Prophetic word in worship. That which was not profitable will become profitable. God this morning is saying the opposite of that. Don't swap the glory for that which is not profitable. That's the message the world needs to hear. Those who are living in the flesh need to hear. There is no profit in pursuing profit unless you pursue the glory of God. If you pursue the glory of God, there will be profit. But if you pursue profit without glory, you're pursuing dead ends. You're not pursuing what God has for your life. That's a message for the world. No one in this church, right? Come on, God in His kindness says, that which wasn't profitable to you will be profitable. But the door to that is through the glory of God. The glory of God manifest on each and every one of our lives. So let's go back to Jeremiah 1. It says, say not. I want you... There's two messages here. One is to the Jeremiahs of today. Any Jeremiahs in the room today? Some of you are like, no. <laughs> the other message is to the world. The message to the Jeremiahs of today. If that's you, maybe that will become you through faith. 
is say not favorite excuse. Say not insert favorite excuse. I just felt such Friday I was just out here in the garden waiting on God for message and my mom comes like so what are you preaching on? I'm like I don't know. God said, say not. I'm like, this is it. Say not. Insert your favorite excuse. God's saying, say not. You are too young. Say not, you are too old. I'm going to get there. What Jeremiah needed to accomplish was a complete perspective change. A complete complete understanding of who God is. A complete perspective change of who the nation of Israel is. Past, present tense. A A complete perspective change in their eyes that they could see what the glory of God is. So that they could press into what the glory of God really, really, really is. But they didn't. They accepted what we call mediocrity. They accepted the, the mediocrity of the day. They accepted the, the current status they were in. They liked their current status. They liked their temple systems. They liked what, had, what was around them. They liked the, 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 the things they knew. And Jeremiah said, but People, we need to change. We need to press into the glory. And I want to say today, don't just stagnate in what you know. Don't hold on to the past. Don't hold on to the things that have been in the past. Because God always calls us into the new. He always calls us to see Him draw on His glory, to draw on His presence. He's always calling us to bring forth out of that. Just got to tag again back onto the Word. God is also calling us into the permanent. So there's a misconception that new has to be temporary and constantly changing. But God gives us a mission. He gave Jeremiah a mission. And he preached his mission for 40 years. But in that, God was saying, I've got something new for my people. If only they would see my glory. If only they would value my glory. And God's glory comes when we say yes to his call on our lives. In this church, yes, we celebrate those who come out of sin and step into a new life. But we're also cheering those who have stepped into a new life. And are on the journey to maturity, to wholeness, and to fullness. Salvation isn't just about being saved. It's about stepping into the fullness of the maturity of Jesus Christ. The wholeness that he gives. So yeah, we're a people that were okay with just being Israelites. But God had called them to be a great nation. And the only way they could become a great nation is through the glory of God. His tangible presence manifest on them, in them, through them, for him and for them. 
so that when people saw them, they would say, that's God. In the same way that when the Israelites came out of Egypt, the nations around said, God is with these people. I want to say today, God is with this people. But we've got to live like it. You've got to live like God is with you. If God is for you, who can stand against you? Anyone in the room? Don't go home tomorrow and go, oh, but these people and that and this and that. But that's what we do. If God is for you, who can stand against you? When we accept mediocrity, we often fall short of the calling that God has on our lives. Does that make sense? If I am mediocre, if I don't realize the power of God in me, and I don't press into that, you can fall short of who God has called you to be. So, rationalization is accepting my lesser state. I rationalize and I say excuses. I say things like, I don't have enough money to, etc. I don't have enough time in my life to, etc. And so we rationalize. It helps us feel good. If someone says, yeah, 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 no, I agree. You know, you're like, oh, okay, shoo. And we have a little bit of peace. So we accept our fallen state. The sentence I wanted to say with power was, rationalization so often becomes regret. Don't stay in that place of rationalization until you look back in regret. Now the verse I love and hate is Romans 3.23 that says, For all have fallen short. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory, the glory of, can I say that again? For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All are justified freely and by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. That second part People don't quote as much as they, part the, they quote the first part. Why do I hate the reaction to that verse? Because so many Christians, so many believers, so many people who are supposed to be pressing ahead in the glory of God, demonstrating the glory of God, are saying, yeah, but I've also fallen short. And they're rationalizing their fallen state. They're rationalizing their position as if Jesus intended for it to be okay. As if the power of the gospel was supposed to be to make all the fallen, fallen short people feel okay. But God doesn't just want you to feel okay. He wants you to be redeemed through His grace so that you can live to the very same measure in Jesus Christ. The same level of Christ's High standard. That's in Ephesians 5. 
That verse was never intended to be a verse that says, it's okay to be fallen short. Let me say it clearly. Let me say it loudly. It is not okay to stay fallen short. That was the message of Jeremiah. Guys, we are falling short. The prophets have been prophesying. Now we need to change our way of living. Don't use that verse as justification for sinful behavior. Don't use that verse as rationalization for missing the mark. Step into the second part of that verse, which says we are all justified freely through His grace, through the redemption, the redeeming power. Christ pulls you up from the fallen. And listen, fallen state doesn't mean you've done the worst sin in the world. We were listening to Christine Kane talking about sexual sin. And how the church judges sexual sin. She was joking and saying, we often look at people with sexual sin as, as those people doing all the things we're not doing. But sexual sin isn't the only place you fall short. You fall short when God says, I want you to be, I want you to do, or I want you to go. And you come up with an excuse not to be, do, or go. In that place, you're falling short, falling short of the glory that God has for you. God's glory is His power manifest to us. I was so, just again repeat what Bruce Milner said when he visited us. He said, the apostles came to preach and to teach. And these signs followed the believers, those who heard the message and believed. For too long, the church has been looking at the preachers and the apostles and the prophets to do the signs. But lives that hear the message are transformed and become believers and doers and demonstrators of God's glory. Okay, I'll be vulnerable. He has three excuses I've made and make in my life. Bernadine's heard this one a lot. Don't judge me. I'm sharing with you my three excuses that I need to work on so that you can look at your life and you can go home tomorrow, this afternoon. Don't go home tomorrow. Go home today. <laughs> But you can go home and you can spend time being honest about when an excuse pops up in your heart and in your mind. And these excuses are sometimes so small in our eyes, yet they're us falling short of God's glory. I'm going to give you my three, my top three. My first one is, I don't like small talk.
Benedine is going to use my sermon against me again. Benedine is like, let's go visit. Benedine is like, let's go visit. And I'm like, oh, I don't like small talk. That's not the people we're visiting's problem. That's my problem. I am missing out on opportunities to meet with leaders. To learn from other people and learn from other people's wisdom and grace and what they have to carry. Anyone else in the room not like small talk? I don't want to be the only one. My wife will, we'll get home, I'll get home in the afternoon. Bernadine starts talking about all these people. And I'm like, who are these people? (laughs) I don't know, this one was at school, and that one was at spa, and this one was at this, and... She's good at asking questions. She's good at listening. Something so small can can lead to missing God's glory. There's people that God wanted me to meet with, to interact with, to learn from and to hear from. And I'm recognizing that in my life. I'm choosing to ask authentic questions that show that I'm really interested in their answers. I went home Thursday, I bumped into Viam. Viam was with um, Anya's fiance. I don't know him at all. I walk in. I'm just interested in greeting Viam. And Viam says, "This is Anya's in, um, uh, fiance." And I'm like, "Cool, that's nice." And and I just keep talking. <laughs> and and he looks at me. The fiance looks at me and says, "Do you know who Anya is?" Because I didn't show any interest in the moment. And then it all came, and I'm like, oh, wait a minute, there's a cool story, and there's a, whole, there's a whole thing there happening. There's a testimony. Just, and I drove home going, God, will you help me? To just in moments where you press on my heart, just to, just to be aware, to, to be listening, to be present. This is, this is my excuse. I like big talk. I like preaching. But I like talking. And I love people. And so, in that area, God, will you help me, Daniel? You guys do, you know, you've got your own excuses you make. My second excuse is I don't have enough time. Anyone else in the room? (laughs) Some nervous laughter. Some. (laughs) If God says it, He's going to require you to do it. He's given you a day, and then tomorrow he gives you another day. So often we fill up our days with activities that have no eternal bearing, that have no value. Sometimes we prioritize things that really could just happen in a month's time. If we're listening to God's voice and we're listening to his timing, We will prioritize the right activities at the right time. 
I've had to teach myself. I keep saying this. Be available. Be available. Be available. Be available. Bernadine has used that against me. <laughs> Sorry, love, I can't. You said you're going to be available. <laughs> be available. Be available. Be available. Someone will phone and say, I need you to go. Can you please go to the hospital right now? And I'm like, oh, that person will survive till tomorrow. <laughs> okay, wait, wait, let me finish this. Then he's going to correct that. And, and, then, and then in my head I'm going, be available, be available, be available. Okay. You guys are not allowed to use that against me. It against you, using it for you because we're helping sharpen each other. Alrighty, I receive that. I'm listening. I'm listening. Okay. <laughs> Be available. <laughs> Prioritize not only what's important but when it's important. Sometimes what you think is important today is important tomorrow. It can wait. It can wait. Don't rationalize until it becomes regret. The third one's a little harder to just overcome, but it requires some work. It's the excuse, I don't have enough money. Anyone in the room? There's some people here, they haven't put up their hands all morning. I just... <laughs> God's been working on us. When I say I don't have enough money, God says, no, no. I'm your provider. But I need you to change your behavior. We had to learn to give our tithe. That's the first act of obedience with our finances. We have to learn, have to learn to budget, like my mom budgets. <laughs> Some people really struggle to stick to a plan when it comes to finances. Stick to the plan. In brackets, have a plan. <laughs> Be diligent. Be generous. Those are inspiring and hopeful changes to... I'll just give you an example. Write down your excuses. God says, do not say. Write down your favorite excuse. Do not say. Write down your favorite excuse. Ask God to show you how to overcome Ask God to show you where to go, what to do, so that you can be a living vessel carrying the presence of God. Yeah, you need money to be a living vessel carrying the presence of God. You need to, like small talk, to carry the presence of God. You need to use your time more wisely to carry the presence of God. Someone say amen. Cool. Matthew 25, we know it. His master said to him, uh, we know the story of the talents, 5,000. Hey, man, I'm, what are the details again? 
5,000, 2,000, and, and 1,000. 5, 1, and? And 10. 10, 5, 1, okay. See my brackets? I, I got confused because the Amplified says equivalent to $5,000 and an equivalent to $2,500. So, so I got confused there, okay. Yes, someone who took there, Justin, your hands, your talents, what God has given you. He took them and he invested with them. He didn't have excuses. Same with the second. But the last one had excuses. Do you think he really believed that his master was wicked and overbearing? His master's sitting there going, that's an excuse, you lazy servant. <laughs> Guys, this is Jesus speaking. What would Jesus say? This is Jesus in, in the New Testament. Some people think the Old Testament is where they gave commands. And the New Testament is all about love. It is love. It's what you have to hear. Jesus says the kingdom of God is like... A master who gave talents. Now to the, to the first two, these are the words he says. His master said, well done, you upright and faithful servant. You have been faithful and trustworthy over a little. Now I will put you in charge of much. And then he invites him into the glory of God. This is Jesus. And he says, Enter into and share in the joy which your master enjoys. This is Jesus saying, I am in the glory. And, and I'm saying, I've given you talents. I have given you, and, and maybe it hasn't been profitable, but if you're faithful with it, and it becomes profitable, I'm going to invite you into my glory. Into the joy which I enjoy. Now it's quiet. <laughs> but often we're afraid to go with our talents because so often we have to come against the world and confront the world. We want to do what is righteous and of the kingdom and we step out into business and we're immediately faced with the world. Anyone in the room? Anyone? I want to just say this today. We are not against the world. That's not the calling God is giving us. The world is against God. Romans 8 verse 7 says the world is against, it says the world is, is hostile. The flesh is hostile to God. Hostile to God. Against the word of God. God's saying today, the world is against me. You don't have to be against the world. Do not be afraid, because I am with you. Our job as the church is not to position ourselves against the world and its people. But our job as a church is to stand very firmly for the glory of God. We've got to stand up and demonstrate His glory. 
never afraid, unashamedly. Paul said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, which has the power to restore lives. Come on, when the glory is on us, we have the power to restore lives. So I stand for that, but I don't back down when the world comes against God and His glory. I don't change my direction. I don't come up with excuses. I say, this is what God has called me to. And I press into it, and I press into it, and I press into it. Don't allow the world to change your perspective. Rather, we should be changing the world's perspective. Our youth uh, asked on Friday night, can we be more active on Instagram and TikTok and all of that? And I was like, as long as we take the, the church to TikTok, but not the TikTok to the church. Does that make sense? This is the right way to be on social media. Maybe it's a habit we need to change. You need to be publishing, not browsing. You need to be publishing, not browsing. All those things you're seeing and reading, those people publish. And then they turn off notifications because they get a million likes. Imagine you got a million likes. Bing, 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 bing. You're also going to turn... No one... They're not sitting on there waiting for, for you to like it and then feel all warm. They're publishing to change perspective. Church, we need to publish, not browse. If you're going to be on TikTok or Instagram, make sure you post a thousand times more things than what you read. And post in the glory. But don't spend time. And then you don't even know why they put that song and weird lady's voice on these videos. And you're like. Okay. Side notes. Someone say amen. You can see that landed well. Okay. Guys, it's 11. Must I stop here? Part two next week. <laughs> what did the faces say? <laughs> okay, Romans 2.10, and we'll end. But glory and honor and peace shall be awarded to everyone who does good, the Jew first and also the Greek. In today's context... Glory, honor, and peace will be awarded to everyone who does good. The church first and then the world. God is calling the church to stand up in glory and do what is good. Do. Go like this. I'm going to do what is good. I'm going to use my body, my hands, my mouth, every part of me to do 
what is good. God will award us with glory, honor, and peace. And he'll award the world, award the world with glory, honor, and peace when the church stands up and does what is righteous, seeking God's glory. Amen. Amen. Bless you guys. Let's quickly stand. Father, today we want to give glory and honor to you. We give you praise in this room. We thank you, Lord, that from the start of this morning's service, you've just been setting us up to be bold, to be brave, to step into your glory, to take your glory with us and go or do and say whatever you tell us to. Father, you, in worship we just declared all chains are broken. So Father, help us to not lean on our own understanding. Help us to not lean on the excuses we might make. Help us not to be afraid. But thank you that your word came even before. And you said before you formed us. Before you crafted us and made us who we were, you already had a story. You already had a plan. You already had a purpose. And Father, will you come and wash over us and redeem us and change our perspective to know as you pray, Jesus, our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then you prayed and you taught us to ask, give us this day our bread. Give us this day your word that nourishes us. Give us this day the boldness and the courage to serve you wholeheartedly with everything inside of us. Lord, help us be a light to this world. Award us with glory, honor, and peace. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you, bless you, bless you. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Remember to visit our website at www.revivalministry.co.za where you can sign up to receive more of these powerful messages.